Hello, thank you for tuning into The Right Life. This is the first episode of season two. My name is Maureen McDowell. I hope you had a wonderful holiday and new year. And I'm so excited to start 2024 with you. Thank you all of you who have been listening and going on this journey with me. I started this podcast in March, 2023. And it's just been a really valuable learning lesson and exploration. And I'm just really excited to start a new season. Um, I'm going to open with the first piece of writing that was published in 2024 in a local art magazine called The Artisan here in St. Petersburg, Florida. I do a bi-monthly column um, called The Right Life named after this podcast. And um, I just kind of explore different topics. And this feels really appropriate for the new year. And it starts with a quote. If you're really listening, if you're awake to the poignant beauty of the world, your heart breaks regularly. In fact, your heart is made to break. Its purpose is to burst open again and again so that it can hold ever more wonders. Andrew Harvey. And this is the column that I wrote inspired by that quote. Change is hard, especially change that feels forced on you. It can feel suffocating in its loneliness. You feel like you're crazy because you keep hanging on to the old. You're not ready to meet the new. This isn't the life you planned. Ugh. It can feel impossible to manage, especially if it comes with heartbreak, grief, and disillusionment. Yet on the other side of change, an entire life can unfold for you that you never imagined was possible. You have to let go of what was to be able to welcome in what is coming. The only option is to keep on moving through it until you get to the other side, which can sometimes seem to last forever. Several years ago, after a brief love affair had ended and I was bemoaning about how I don't ever want to get my heart broken again, a friend of mine said to me, oh, I, I plan to have my heart broken many more times. I'm actually looking forward to it. That immediately reframed everything for me because what she was saying was that she was willing to go out there and continue to try. She refused to shut down her heart to growth and change. She knew that life is about living and it isn't about closing down and giving up. Yes, we don't want our hearts broken, but the only way to truly live is to continue to put our hearts on the line. It's a new year and I welcome it. 2023 was full of copious amounts of grief and endings for me, but they were balanced out with many new beginnings in beauty. I am ready to step into 2024 with curiosity as my guide and my old life in the rearview mirror. I'm always grateful for the start of a new year. I look as it, I look at it as a clean slate, a blank page. It's exciting to think about all the potential possibilities that can come with this year, many I can't even imagine. I plan to practice daily the conscious choice to stay open to the new. I've started saying out loud every morning when I wake up, show me the way. I then stay open to what signs and clues come my way each day. If something feels right for me, I explore it and see where it leads. We create our own narratives, so why not edit and rewrite yours so it reflects the one you always dreamed of living? That's what I plan to do in 2024, with my heart wide open, ready for what's next, even if it means a bit of heartbreak along the way. 
Fingers crossed that I can avoid it, but I promise to stay open to adventure wherever it leads me. So I just embarked on a new creative endeavor um, called Insights from the Wild. It is a monthly uh, monthly musing, as I call it, I like that term better than a newsletter that I send out via Substack. Um, and I sent it out yesterday. I put it online. It'll come out in the beginning of every month and it's curated pieces of wisdom, book recommendations. Um, there's some writing tips. Um, there's writing workshop, a little writing workshop for you to do. Um, there is a video, a Ted talk that I just absolutely love that I just changed my life. It's lots of little nuggets of wisdom that I found in the month prior that just really got my heart and mind buzzing. And there's enough pieces of wisdom. Uh, the subscription price is $35 a month, which I've had some people say that's too high, but to me, if you go see a therapist, you know, it's more than double that, sometimes triple that cost. And the amount of wisdom and little nuggets that I'm giving in each of these um, monthly musings uh, really is enough to keep you busy for the whole month and even longer. Um, some of the things that I've included are still having repercussions to this day. And I had um, encountered several of them several months prior, and I'm still putting them into practice in my life. So I really feel that $35 a month is actually really inexpensive for the stuff that I'm showing you. And it's also based on like 30 years of like really diving deep into wisdom traditions and like research and my own personal healing. And it's based on this podcast, The Right Life. But as you know, if you've been listening, it isn't just about being a writer. It's about being a creative. It's about being more empowered person. It's about stepping into all the glorious beauty that makes you you. So if you're at all thinking that it's just about and for writers, that's not true, which I'll continue to reiterate um, as I uh, promote it and um, share it with the world. Something recently I heard is I've always been a little um, apprehensive about what you would call self-promotion, but I just heard recently from Adam Grant, who's a wonderful thought leader that, um, you know, look at it as idea promotion because your ideas are important and valuable. And especially if they're helping to create a better world and I really am okay with promoting my idea um, doing idea promotion because that's something I can really get behind because my creativity is something that I'm really proud of. And I've, I've worked really hard at mastering, um, my voice and my perspective, and I'm still learning, like, this is not something set in stone and finite, but I'm always reading. I'm always trying to engage with my environment. I'm staying open, as I mentioned, uh, to signs and signals, show me the way, uh, I'm an active participation in my own growth and through my writing is the way that I want to share that. And I've really learned recently, I've had a lot of endings happen in my life recently, uh, you know, including my dad passed away and also just kind of coming to terms with 
relationships that were not reciprocal. I, I actually consciously like kind of turned off the tap, if you will, of the flow of energy that I was giving to quite a few relationships, um, both collectively and also personally, just to see what would happen. Like, is this just a one-way, um, engagement and, and it was in a lot of areas of my life. So I really kind of pulled back and did like that quiet, um, hibernation, which was perfectly timed with the winter solstice and, you know, the darkening of the, the, the days and, um, just really kind of got clear about like what it is that I want uh, for the future for myself. And I had kind of been in some ways on autopilot because I'm a single parent. Um, and I have been running my nonprofit for 10 years and I was doing a lot of things in the community that were very, um, just kind of flew, um, came out of being a people pleaser, which a lot of that, those tendencies died with my father because there was a lot of me tied in with trying to win his love. And um, I'm actually putting all that into the book I'm writing about him, Dear Pops, which is now at about 17,000 words of letters to him, kind of unpacking our relationship, but also unpacking about being a creative and, you know, what is my, what do I feel is my actual role in the world? Because as a young person that like had a subscription to Greenpeace in middle school, like I feel a duty to, um, you know, help make the world a better place. Like it's a part of who I am and that's never going to go away. But the thing that I've really learned and, and moved towards respecting more about myself is I am essentially an introvert. And it doesn't mean that I can't get animated, but it needs to be in the right places, such as doing it through this podcast and also now through my monthly musing insights from the wild and also through the column that I just read to you and through my poetry and my books and, and you know, one-on-one -on -one engagement that really works well for me. And then the occasional time when I do read my writing in front of an audience or speak about creativity. Um, so these are, these are all outlets for me to guard my energy and not um, give it away and leak it out places, which I was doing prior to this year. So like my kind of structural model has shifted profoundly in my foundational model. And um, I'm also you know, uh, going deeper into, uh, a, my love affair with Oliver. And that's a whole new platform and way of engaging with life. I didn't really have space to do that before because I was, um, in so much, you know, growing pains and, and also stuff with my father. So that's like a conscious choice in 2024. And also my child is graduating high school in May and um, he is this wonderful creative entrepreneur. And I'm really like in this space of um, just profound joy 
an excitement for him to be able to go out into the world and not be stuck in a classroom every day, especially when the kids in high school here have to be in the classroom at 7am. Like, oh my God, like I have a hard enough time driving him to school. I can't imagine like having to like be turned on at that time and just all the schoolwork after and just the rules and especially in the current political climate in the state of Florida and it's just very tricky in a lot of ways um, being a young person. So I'm really excited for him to be free. He's going to do a gap year. He's going to explore different artistic um, endeavors um, and decide if he wants to do college. He does have a full scholarship, but, you know, I'm allowing him the space to, um, you know, once you turn 18, you're your own person in my mind. So whatever he decides to do with his life, as long as he's happy, I'm there and I'm, I'm supportive, but I do love that all along being a single parent, I never gave up my art. I never gave up my writing. Um, my, let's see, my fourth book right now is in the editing stage. My fifth book is the book that I'm writing about my dad, Dear Pops. That's at about 17,000 words. And I have like 30 journals to go through of what would be my seventh book of poetry that I haven't even started pulling the writing out and putting it into a document to be edited and, and sent out. Um, I had nine pieces of nine pieces of poetry published last year. And then the column that I'm doing in the artisan was published every month. And um, I've had three pieces that were uh, accepted into year end anthologies. So that's really exciting. So really this year for me in a lot of ways is like allowing the writer in me to be center stage. Cause I realized recently, like I kind of, even through my organization, I kind of wore a mask that I call her mislit. I, I think I've mentioned that before and of running a nonprofit, which was really helpful to provide stability for me as um, a creative and also as a parent like that, the nonprofit really supported my time as a single parent, which started in 2013, the same year that I founded Keep St. Pete Lit. And it's tapering down. The organization is getting quieter. It's it's on a simmer now through, you know, lack of funding primarily, but also like the shifting culture in my city, but also the shifting culture in myself. And I think it's really important that there's, you know, there's seasons for different phases in your life and different personas that you take on. And with my child graduating, I need more freedom. I need more flexibility and I'll have the time to, to spend more on my writing. And also I want to be putting a lot of my energy into growing that platform, um, instead of spending so much time working on my nonprofit, which is helping in many ways, create platforms for other people and other writers. So uh, it's, it's kind of in a lot of ways, I won't use the word selfish because I don't like that. It's just a, it's a redirecting of my energy um, into, you know, helping my child move into the next phase of his life, but also like moving into a space with my uh, fiance, Oliver, um, and then moving into a, a deeper communion with myself as a writer and, and today I realized um, that I didn't really uh, give my the writer in me permission to take center stage in my life. 
And I did that today. Like I saw all sides of myself, like little Maureen, the nonprofit Maureen, the mother, the teenager, the ex-wife, the lover, like all these different sides, the fiance, the daughter, all these different sides of myself. This is a really good practice to do, especially when you're going through a change. Um, for me, that it was like an old stage. Here we have like Tampa Theater in um uh in in this area. We also have the Palladium Theater, like this kind of old stage. Um, and I was there facing all these sides of myself. And that the person that was facing all sides of myself was the writer. And I thanked all those other sides of myself because they're they're not going away. They're always a part of me, but I thank them for their role and you know, um, how they helped protect me in a lot of ways. And, um, in some ways they enabled me because sometimes we need to be enabled. We're not quite ready to let parts of ourselves out and we need to enable them. Um, I thank them all. And then I said, you know, you can leave the stage now. Thank you. And I saw all of these sides of myself walk off the stage, uh, and just left the, the writer, on the stage. Of course, she's in all black. If you know me, I'm usually in all black. And then she turned and she faced the audience. And, and I, you know, it's a new moon tomorrow. And Chani Nicholas is a wonderful astrologer that I love. And she talks about around a new moon that you speak your intentions into a glass of water three times, and then you drink the glass of water. And you do that throughout the, you know, month around the full moon. And that was one of the mantras I said, I allow, I, I give, I believe it was, I allow, I give permission to the writer in me to take center stage. And at first I had, I let the writer in me take center stage, but I realized that the writer in me was not empowered. So by letting the writer take center stage, that was in a way saying that it was taking control but the writer in me in many ways was um, disempowered. And so I had to give the writer in me permission to take center stage. So it was like a, a shift in, in the way that I approached it. And I, I really realized because I have been making all these shifts and moving more into a space to give the writer in me center stage. When I would go in public, I felt so vulnerable. I was out in public like last Friday, my fiance Oliver was a part of an art show downtown St. Pete. And I was so vulnerable. I even had like, like some armor on, like I had a hat on and I like was pretty protected, but I still felt so vulnerable. And like, when I'm feeling that way, I feel like I'm just like bleeding all over the place. Like I'm just like a wide open wound that is like so offensive to everyone. And and then I was like, I've got to figure out what this is. Like, what is this um, vulnerability that is not allowing me to even feel safe um, to be in public? And I realized it was because I have stepped into a place of honoring the writer in me, but I had not yet given the writer permission to take center stage. So once I did that, like I, I did that mantra and I did the um, speak into water three times, 
all of a sudden I felt myself full of power. Like I felt like all the lights came on. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I think before she was like living in the basement and she was starting to visit upstairs. (laughs) She was starting to peek out and hang out on the front porch, but it wasn't, everything was still kind of dark in the house. And she had, she was still, you know, doing her work because I have written all this, these books, even though I've been busy with 40 million other things, she was still doing the work, but she wasn't. I wasn't fully allowing her to, you know, be the center of my life. And once I gave that side of myself permission, which essentially I've realized is who I truly am. And I've always known that, but I couldn't show it. And it, and even to the point when I first started dating Oliver, I like, I have a dirty little secret and he's like, what? And I was like, so terrified to tell him we were at the beach. And I was like, all I want is to write. Like, I just want to write full time. I don't want to do keep saying Pilot. I don't want to, I don't want to do all these 40 other things that I'm doing. I just want to write full time. And to me, this podcast and insights from the wild and my column, like those are all branched out of my writing to me. And essentially you could say keep saying Pilot in some ways is a branch of it, but running a nonprofit is so complicated. Like, I didn't even realize the amount of stress that I felt all the time having the nonprofit be my full-time job. Like I was so stressed all the time because there's 40 million things that go into running a nonprofit, especially if it's your nonprofit and you're kind of like a one woman show, which in many ways I am. And just to like put it kind of on a simmer, which I was forced to do because of like, a significant decrease in funding. And also like, I'm not somebody that is going to go and beg for money. Like I'm just not wired like that. And I also think that is a broken model of the nonprofit world. And I also didn't really attract board members that um, came from a lot of money. They were more there to kind of support me. And the actual act of walking up to somebody and be like, I'd like you to join my board because I know you have lots of money. that just is so not my, not on brand for me. I'm just not that type of person. So, but I, you know, pieced it together and I made it work for 10 years. Um, One could argue for about nine years because 2023 was a, a lot of piecing together my own money and money from people that I was close to or am close to, excuse me, and a line of credit and just like, finally I had to like admit like this isn't working like on the grand scale that I've been operating on this organization is not working and it just wasn't working for me anymore so I've got it on a slow simmer we've still got some events we're doing locally but I've said no to a lot of things I've had to cancel programming which really hurt my heart heartbreak there you go but it is also showing me that it's served its purpose in, in that specific form. And I, at first I was really bitter and I was really angry, which can happen when things start ending, when you're not necessarily ready for it. But I, now that I have like kind of moved through that, which was really, really my father's death was like the catalyst, because as I mentioned, I don't want to, I don't, have the need to people please anymore because my father was so aloof 
and in many ways I was showing up in my community and in my life to show him that there are good people because in many ways he thought that there were not good people in the world. And in many ways, I mean, we've seen examples of just really horrific things happen in our world. Um, you, one could argue always so that you could easily come to that conclusion that, you know, people are not good, but I choose to see that there are so many good people in the world. And I, you know, once he passed, I kind of let, let go of that need to be that solitary one good person in the world for him because he wasn't there anymore. And I realized how I was doing it in so many different areas of my life. And I wasn't actually living my truth and I wasn't being a good person for myself. And that's the thing about people pleasing. Like you could be a, you could come across as a good person for a lot of people, but you're not necessarily being a good person for yourself. So that was the big lesson. In addition to many other lessons on top of grieving my father that I've been going through the last like six months. So I feel like I'm through that and I'm moving in the new and, and launching um, insights from the wild really was my kind of like battle cry for the new. And I'm really excited about this project. Uh, I love coming up with like new, interesting things to share. I love spreading good news. I, if you've at all followed me on social media, I'm always sh sharing like quotes and memes and videos and positive things and things about nature and um, self-care tips and exercise tips and just like all this good stuff to help you live a good life. And now this like, I have this condensed way to do it and send it out every month to people. And if they choose to subscribe, that's their choice. Like. I've done my part. I put it out in the world. I I set it to a price that I feel is reasonable. Um, I feel that you spend $35 in a day, like not even batting an eyelash. And I'm giving you, you know, content that can literally help rewire your mind and heart and spirit and change your life, which it did for me. Every single thing that I'm sharing has helped me live a right life. It's helped me move into a space where I can go through some pretty intense traumatic things and, and come out the other side stronger for it. So I hope that you will go to my website, maureenmcdole.com. Um, if you're following me on social media, there's links for insights for the wild there. Please subscribe if you feel inclined to, if you feel drawn to do it. I. I won't say I promise you it'll be worth it because it's really up to you. I remember I used to sell dolphin watching tickets for my uncle Mark in John's past. And um, people would say, well, I have fun. <laughs> and I remember going, well, that's up to you. You know, like we're setting the stage for success for you. We're setting up you up to have a lot of fun, but it's really up to you if you're going to have fun. And it's the same with uh, listening to this podcast, reading any of my writing, buying many of my books, it's up to you. Like if this is something you feel called to do. And that's also another reason why I set it to $35 instead of like $5.99 or whatever, which is the, which is the standard thing to do, um, in, you know, promoting your work because 
to me, I would rather have like a hundred people that really were part of my tribe than, than thousands of people at 599 that weren't really into it and just kind of got the email and, um, didn't even really glance at, at it. And yes, that would possibly potentially make more money for me, but I want people to invest in what I'm offering and then they will take it seriously and invest in themselves. That is way more important to me than bringing in a lot of money of having thousands of subscribers. Not that I would necessarily get it to a thousand subscribers, but quality is more important to me than quantity. And that is something that I have definitely learned in the last 10 years of running my nonprofit and also being a single parent. Like it's about quality and it's about authenticity and it's about showing up as your true self. And that is what I am uh, my intention for 2024 is to be authentic and show up as my true self. So hopefully something here I said resonated with you. Um, as I mentioned, Insights from the Wild is available at MaureenMcDull.com. You can sign up there and it'll take you to Substack to um, uh, subscribe. And if you like it, please share it. Please share it with your people because, you know, this is a this is a love letter to me for me, this is a way of gifting you with things that have just really helped change my life. And uh, I also am really excited to actually create these monthly musings for you because I love going down the rabbit hole. And so I'm always on the lookout now, even more than before for like really cool, juicy nuggets of wisdom to share in the same way that this is this podcast is also a way for me to kind of uncover things about myself. And hopefully, you know, if, if the, you know, the personal is universal in some ways, it also resonates with you. So um, I'm sending you so much love. Happy new year. Um, take it easy in January. We always think that it's time to like launch all these new projects, but we're still in winter time. We're still in a quiet hibernation phase. Um, in the pagan calendar, it's not till um, Candlemas, which I believe is on February 2nd, um, is when, or maybe that's St. I think I have it wrong. It might be St. Brigitte's Day. Please forgive me. But it's February 2nd. Um, my wonderful friend Lee Davis told me, like, I don't even bother going online until the beginning of February. <laughs> You know, we can't necessarily help that if you have to go back to work, but just be gentle with yourself, get massages, take long walks, take hot baths, read, like soak in the season right now, hibernate if you feel like it, um, maybe wait if you do have a new year's resolution to start an exercise program or whatnot, wait until February to start it. Cause then if you don't finish, if you don't keep up with it, you don't beat yourself up. But also keep in mind tomorrow is a new moon in Capricorn. It's new beginnings. Um, there's a lot of powerful things going on this month astrologically. Um, and, you know, follow your bliss. Like, even if you are working 80 hours a week, find a way to carve in a little bit of time every day for you to follow the things that bring you joy. And then I promise you, you, more and more time in the day will start to fill in where you can follow the joy. If you give it space in the same way as a writer goes to the desk every day um, to write, you're showing up. It's a relationship. So show up for yourself. Thank you so much for tuning into The Right Life. Um, I look forward to chatting with you next week. 
And um, please be you. It's a good look on you. <laughs>